0: And we're live. It's Episode 7, Plays and Parlays. I'm Joe Sorallo. That's Jarrett Bailey. Jarrett, I'm coming off a 6-1 in one week. You were 4-2, and two, I believe, in your pick 6. We are on absolute heaters. And to make Episode 7 even better, we've got Cam Rogers joining us about halfway in. Expect him around 10 p.m. Eastern time. He's the host, of course, of the new show Lock It In on the Believe Podcast Network. He'll be giving us our uh, his, rather, best bets of the week. Jarrett, I'm feeling good about this week's slate.
1: Yeah, no, I feel good too. I'm coming off a week where I had three parlays hit, so uh, going good against the spread. Parlays are looking good. It's been, uh, yeah, I mean, you said it. We're kind of on a tear right now. Hopefully, you know, I mean, last week teams started buys. We got more teams on buys this week, but uh, you know, hopefully this tear uh, can continue because it's uh, it's feeling good.
0: Yeah, we are feeling good, and you're looking good. What's going on? Uh, we got the uh, poor man's machine gun Kelly vibe going.
1: Yeah, I look like Machine Gun Kelly sneezed, so that's what you get tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: There we go. Hey, by the way, honorable mention to a game. Uh, that we couldn't fit into the slate, a little sunbelt Wednesday night football. Coastal Carolina right now. They're at Appalachian State. App State actually just took a 21-20 lead. As I mentioned that game, that opened at Coastal minus three, and I hopped on that spread like a horny dog with a life-size stuffed animal. That Coastal minus three, even though they're down a point right now, I still love it. There's plenty of time left. It's early in quarter three. So if you can maybe get a live play in right now, Coastal's trailing by one. I'd go throw some money on the, uh, the shots to go win that one, whatever really? the hell the are clear is.
1: I have no idea what it is, but it's a great nickname. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hop into our pick six. I'll throw yours, your first one on the board, and then we'll, we'll get into it.
0: Let's do it. My first pick, just like last week when I was 2-0 and with the college game, I'm starting off with some college football here. It's Oklahoma State, the eighth-ranked Cowboys going to Iowa State, and they're seven-point dogs. You know, not too often is a top-ten team a touchdown underdog against an unranked opponent. So I love the Cowboys in this one. They're 4-2 and this year against the spread. They're 2-0 and against the number on the road. Iowa State, very mediocre, just 3-3 and against the spread this season. And the Cowboys have three consecutive wins against ranked opponents. Iowa State, you can argue they're a border top 25 team, but I think the Cowboys have way more talent on their roster. I don't see them slowing down in Ames, so give me Oak State plus 7.
1: Yeah, when you sent me this, I thought you had like a typo or something. I didn't. I didn't expect uh, Oklahoma State with the tear today, but have been on Arguably the best. I think it's the best start in school history, if I'm not mistaken. Like they've been. This is a historical year for Oklahoma State. So yeah, the fact that they're seven point dogs again. I mean, Iowa State's a good team, but. Yeah, uh, I would agree with this. I'm not betting on it. I don't know enough about Big 12 football to feel confident in betting anything, uh, but kudos to you for, for sniffing that one out. Um, I will get into mine, though. Now, this line has dropped. It was 3.5. I hopped on it when it was announced that Case Keenan was started for Cleveland at 3.5. It's now at 1.5, so if you can go get this, go and get it because I'm sure it'll change before tomorrow night. Denver plus 1.5 at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have been riddled with injuries. Baker Mayfield goes down with a shoulder injury. They've been without Nick Chubb, a few offensive linemen down. Uh, it's been, uh, the injury bug has found its way, uh, near Lake Erie and it's, uh, it's been in Cleveland. So, uh, Denver, I mean, they're a team with a great defense. They've kind of hit a little bit of a slump after a three and zero start, but when you've got an injury riddled Browns team like this, especially with case Keenum starting at quarterback, it's a line that I love Denver plus one and a half. I think they'll win outright. Um, so, uh, they get, get, get things a little bit back on track Cleveland. I mean, that'll put the Browns at three and four, man. So that's yeah. you know, not what we expected. Obviously injuries play a factor into it, but Uh, without their starting quarterback, it's going to be hard going against that Denver defense. I don't care if it's at home, Denver plus one and a half.
0: You know, I love it. Everyone told me I was crazy. I had the Ravens winning the division preseason, and everyone said Cleveland's clearly the second best team in the AFC. I know that they've had their battle, their struggle with injuries, but the Browns aren't all that they were chalked up to be. The Baltimore Ravens clearly looking like the best team in the AFC North right now. I was all over it from the start. I mean, the Browns aren't even the best team in Ohio at the moment. So, We'll see how the season unfolds. I can't wait for those Bengals Browns games, by the
1: way. Before before we get into your, your second pick, let me uh I realize I made a typo. So before we give people horrible information, let me edit that and then we'll uh make sure that your that your second pick is chilling because I almost made a bad mistake.
0: That typo was with my second pick.
1: It was with your second pick. So I'm fixing it as we speak, but I want to keep talking so people listening to this as a podcast okay. don't have dead air. So There you uh, go. So
0: as you're fixing that, I'll get into it. My second pick, it's another college game. It's North Carolina State, the Wolfpack, minus three at Miami. There it is on your screen. You know, for the life of me, I cannot understand why this line is so close. Sure, Miami put up points in its 45-42 loss against UNC last week. But let's face it, Sam Howell and the Tar Heels are very overrated. They were overhyped coming into the season. And Miami still turned the ball over three times in that contest. They lost the turnover battle. They were minus two in that department. Meanwhile, the Wolfpack went on the road last Saturday to a really good Boston College team this year. And they were three-point favorites in that one, was NC State. And what did they do? They beat Boston College 33-7, to beat them by 26 up in Massachusetts. You know, Miami is just two and four against the spread this season. They're an even worse one and three against the number at home I love NC state in this one, especially with Miami on their second string quarterback. Give me the Wolf pack minus three.
1: Again, I'm not going to pretend I know enough about North Carolina state football to have <laughs> any sort of, uh, uh, a good commentary on this. So, uh, yeah. Trust Joe, North Carolina state minus three, against Miami. <laughs> Why not? All right. Let me get into my second pick. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts plus four at San Francisco. Uh, it's been a weird year for the 49ers. You know, it came into the year. Okay. When's Trey Lance going to play? Well, Trey Lance is playing now. You know, Jimmy's Jimmy Garoppolo's got the injured calf. I assume they're going to keep rolling with him. He he had his moments against Arizona. Didn't do anything flashy, but he kept a minute relatively not, The defense kept a minute, but he didn't mess it up and he had it. He he had them in, uh, in the game until the very only, only lost by a touchdown to the undefeated Cardinals. That said, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, much better team than their record indicates. I feel like that's been the unofficial slogan of this show throughout the year. Um, but they go to a, a team in San Francisco that offensively, like. You know, Brandon Iyuk hasn't been being used as much as he should. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, defensively, they're good, but they're not as good as they have been in past years. I think Indianapolis goes in there. They win outright. Uh, I'll touch on that a little bit later. But Indianapolis plus four, that one feels good. I'll give me Carson Wentz over Trey Lance. Give me the Colts offense over San Francisco's. So right now, the 49ers just seem like a team without an identity. And uh, it's a bad place to be, especially with a rookie quarterback uh, who's kind of thrown in a lot earlier than they would have wanted to do. So Colts plus four on the road against the 49ers.
0: Interesting. And I'll get into that game a little later. Right now, it's looking like Jimmy G is going to play. His status is still up in the air. But if he plays, I think that definitely changes things for me in this one. I'm going to get into my NFL picks with my third pick. And I have to say, regarding NFL games, Jarrett, this has been a really weird week. A lot of the best teams, a lot of my favorite teams to bet on are on buys, the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the LA Chargers, and then some other top teams in the league against the spread, the Arizona Cardinals who are five and one, the LA Rams, they are astronomical favorites in their games. The Rams by 15 points, the Cardinals by 17 and a half. So it doesn't leave you with a whole lot to work with. But one game I absolutely love, I love the New England Patriots minus seven against the Jets in Foxborough. Did anyone watch the last time these two teams faced off this, the previous game at the Jets? Uh, I mean, Zach Wilson was seeing ghosts in that one. The Patriots have won 11 straight games in this rivalry, and they've won 10 straight in Foxborough. Now, nine of those 11 wins overall have come by seven or more points. Of their 10 straight wins in Foxborough, six of those have come by seven or more points. Look, I know. They had Tom Brady for the majority of those games. I don't care, frankly, because Bill Belichick owns the Jets just like Aaron Rodgers now owns the Chicago Bears. I don't see Zach Wilson putting up much of a fight against this Patriots defense. It's still schematically one of the most difficult defenses to go against. Hell, they even had Tom Brady fooled a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. Coming off a loss this year, they're 2-1. and one. That was a heartbreaker in Foxborough against Dallas. They're 0-4 in Foxborough this year. They're going to win. They're going to win big. Give me the Pats minus 7.
1: I do think that the Patriots should win. Now, I will say this. Zach Wilson isn't going to play as poorly as he did in the Week 2 matchup. Um, but they are asking him to do far too much on that offense. They have the second worst rush offense in the NFL. So, basically, they've relied solely on Zach Wilson uh, throughout the season. And that's been a big part of his inconsistencies. That they're asking him to be the offense, basically. So, when you have a, a an unbalanced offensive attack going up against uh, New England or any team, frankly, uh, it's going to be hard to win. Uh, but, yeah, the Patriots should win. It's one I stayed away from. Uh, I, I, in my heart of hearts, you know, I'm always going to be a Zach Wilson guy, so it's always going to be hard for me to bet against him. But the only time I bet on him this year in London, they screwed me. So um, uh, New England should win this game by all means. I do think that Zach Wilson will play better this time around, though. So um, let me get into my third pick. Um, it's it's one of those ones, Joe, where um, – you kind of said it already, where the lines this week aren't great, mm-hmm. um, and I do realize I've made two typos doing this. I was in a big rush trying to get <laughs> trying to get all these graphics up. So um, let this me... is why
0: when I send you the pics at four o'clock, you put them in then.
1: Well, I was busy all day, Joe. So
0: I know, no. I know. You had that Zach Wilson ceiling poster in the bottle of ocean. Exactly. Next we all know. Exactly. We all know how your Wednesday afternoons go.
1: Exactly. Here. But I am gonna. This is one that I'm feeling less confident about now after the news coming out today uh, regarding a possible quarterback change in Miami. Um, But I will say this. Yes, Atlanta, um, they beat the Jets in London. Uh, The the Falcons are the weirdest team in the NFL, man. They really are. Like who would have thought that Cordero Patterson would be their biggest offensive weapon right now when you've got uh, Calvin Early has been dealing with injuries. Kyle Pitt stepped up a little bit. Good for him. Um, but Atlanta to me, I mean, their, their defense is still bad. The, the, they let the jets hang around for, uh, they seemed to control of it for, uh, the majority of the game. Uh, but they let the jets hang around. They, they almost came back and at least tied it. So to me, Miami, they're a better team than the jets are, which isn't saying much, but they're in that case, they're capable of winning this. They're very capable of keeping it, uh, within a field goal. So the dolphins, yes, I don't love the dolphins either. They're not very good right now. They just let Jacksonville beat them in London. Um, which by the way thank you Jacksonville that was one of my picks last week so tip of the cap to Trevor Lawrence and company but i think that they bounce back a little bit this week they at least keep it very close against atlanta i think that they're, that they're going to win out right a lot of dogs that i love this week miami i don't love them but i like them uh, to upset atlanta so miami plus two and a half it's one i'm not extremely extremely confident about but it's one that i'm confident enough especially with this slate of games like if i had to rank this one would be at the top just because you already touched on it. this this week's lines they're kind of weak in the nfl yeah. uh, so it's hard to find great ones but miami plus two and a half i don't think that atlanta's capable of going on any sort of run this year They're just not good enough to do it um so and miami's not going to lose every game they're going to end this this losing streak that they're on so i'll take the dolphins plus two and a half against atlanta
0: This is a weird game. I will say this. I'm not going to touch it because I know two players or rather two players in the game, one on each team who are really good friends. And I'm sure it would be awkward the next time the three of us hung out. Nick Needham, the nickelback for Miami, Jalen Hawkins, safety for Atlanta. The two of them are best buds. So that's all I'm looking for in this game is to see how those two guys play against one another. Because if I pick this one, it's going to be awkward for me with one of them the next time I see them.
1: Nice flex, Joe. (laughs)
0: I know. If I wanted to flex, I would have said that I was hanging out with them on a boat party the day before the Super Bowl in Tampa. That would have been the flex, but (laughs) there it is. Let's get to my fourth pick. It's the Green Bay Packers minus seven against the Washington football team. Now it's minus seven because I bought it down at minus 140 odds. Once I saw that line hit minus eight, I said I was buying the full point. This line has actually fluctuated more than most This week, it opened at minus six and a half for Green Bay. At one point, depending on the book, hit minus nine and a half. And right now at minus eight, it seems like an easy call to buy it down. Let's see, here's why. Since the 2019 season, the Green Bay Packers are the best covering team in football, but also, more specifically, the best covering team in football at home. They are 14 and seven against the spread in that time frame at Lambeau Field. The Washington football team, on the flip side, this year, right, right here, right now, 2021, they're the worst team in football against the number. Just one and five this season. Worse than the Jags, worse than the Jets. You name them, the Washington football team is worse at covering than that team. Now, the final reason, and this is the most important reason I'm on Green Bay minus seven this week, they're wearing their 1950s throwback oh. uniforms. There's no shot in hell the Green Bay Packers lose this game. Lock it in. Packers minus seven at minus seven. 140
1: odds. Yeah, those unis are practically the infinity gauntlet. You ain't gonna beat that. (laughs) So no, I do like Green Bay minus seven as well. It's not one of my bets this week, uh, but it is one that I did like. Um, Aaron Rodgers is playing really well right now. Defensively, they're getting better. It seems as the weeks go on. They're not as physical as most would like them to be, but they're they're doing what they need to do. Washington, man, that's a team that I was really high on coming into the year. Um, As you hear a giant truck roll by, did you hear that by
0: the way? Yeah. What is it? Garbage pickup at? uh, I don't know what that was.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just a big truck, anyway. Um, Packers are playing well, but Washington's playing. They've so they've under underachieved so much this year. They're a team that I was high on coming into the year. Their defense, man what what happened? Like, what's going on with the Washington football team defense? It's one of the best defenses in the NFL last year, and now they're just letting everybody put up however many points they want to on them. So, yeah, Green Bay minus seven. It's one that I like as well. Washington, one of those teams in the conversations involving Miami for two. It's hung up by Lowell right now. Um, we could see things shake up. Um, so wouldn't that Ryan Fitzpatrick, man? Feel bad for that guy if Tua ends up back and ends up in Washington and he can't escape, can't escape Tua to of Bailoa. So, um, yeah. but regardless, yes, Green Bay minus seven is one that uh, I agree with you. It should, uh, Green Bay should cover. Um, this one will surprise people. I don't care because it is one of my favorites of the week. It is Cincinnati plus six and a half at Baltimore. Okay. Um, now go back to the game. I believe it was in Baltimore last year. Uh, the one that i'm referring to at least i know they play each other twice um the the bottom ravens beat cincinnati 27 to three um but if you look at how uh well the Bengals defense played in that game they held lamar jackson to one of his worst games of the year last year he didn't play well Um, a lot of it was just the fact that the Ravens defense absolutely owned the Bengals' offensive line, forced multiple turnovers. Patrick queen had a fumble return for a touchdown in that game. So it was mostly Baltimore's defense that won that game rather than their offense. Now it was, it was a wet game. It was raining and everything. So neither offense could really get anything going, but Cincinnati's offensive line was the talk of the year last year, how terrible they were. They're better this year. Their offense is a lot better this year and defensively. They're really good. Trey Hendrickson's having a solid year, um, and their secondary has gotten better. So, uh, in terms of teams that are uh, at least offenses, you can make the argument that player for player Cincinnati has got the most talented offense in, in the division. So, you know, Joe Burrow's playing really well. Yeah. Jamar Chase is having a hell of a year. Uh, I love Cincinnati plus six and a half. I don't necessarily think they'll win, but I think that they'll keep it uh, within a touchdown and uh, give Baltimore a run for their money. Love the pick.
0: You know, I'm staying away from that game. Coastal Carolina just dropped a wide open touchdown in the fucking end zone. Like you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. They're on the three-yard line. Guy was in no man's land, and he just dropped it. How much time's left in that game? A lot of time. Third quarter, they're down a point. They got second and goal at the App State, like two or three-yard line. All right. So, yeah, I will keep everyone posted. As far as this game's concerned, if Cincinnati's going to have a chance in this one, it's got to be an absolute shootout. Otherwise, Baltimore's going to run away with it. You know, the one bet I got wrong last week in the one o'clock hour was taking the Chargers plus three against the Ravens. I really yeah. liked that one. I really liked how the Chargers had been playing, thought they could even win outright. They got embarrassed. Baltimore is legit. Right now, the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills completely in a class of their own atop the AFC. Let's get into my fifth pick. How about those Tennessee Titans? The same team that lost outright to the New York Jets a few weeks ago just beat the Buffalo Bills in prime time. So will this be a letdown game? Or will King Henry keep running his way towards an MVP? Well, look, the Chiefs, going back to last season, are 10-15 and 15 in their last 25 games against the spread. That's the third worst mark in the league. Additionally, as road favorites going back to last season, they're just 5-6 and six against the number. Not terrible, but not good. Here's where they're really not good. They're 0-2 against the spread coming off an outright win this season. And just 6-12 covering the week after a win going back to last year. That's really really bad. Tennessee at home right now. They're two and one against the number this season. They're hitting their stride. They're getting healthy. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, they're back and they're functioning on offense. And Derrick Henry, no other running back in the league has a game with three rushing touchdowns this season. Derrick Henry's got three of those. You know, I'm not guaranteeing a Titans win here. It's entirely possible, but they've taken down the Chiefs before as home underdogs happened a couple years ago. Give me the Titans plus five and a half. It's going to be a close one in Nashville.
1: Yeah, Joe, I'm going to fade you on this one, my friend. Um, okay. Look, I understand that they beat the Bills. It's not, to me, and I've said this forever, and people, I think that people overreact to win sometimes. Every team in the NFL, no matter how good or bad, is going to have a game in which that they should win that they don't. Buffalo should have won that game. They played a, an inferior opponent to me in Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is any good whatsoever. I don't care that they're 4-2 right now. They've got absolutely no defense. To Ryan Tannehill has a little good this year. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year as well. So aside from Derrick Henry, what are they? They're not That's what
0: they are. They are Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry is in the MVP conversation. I get that. head and shoulders above every other running back in the league. And what Tennessee's defense did really well against Buffalo, look, I'm not going to sit here and say a defense that just gave up 31 points is elite, right? I mean, the Bills have the top-ranked defense in football. Titans are far from it. But they made big plays. The Bills were just two of five in the red zone in terms of touchdown success. The Bills had to settle – for a lot of field goals. So while the Titans weren't by any means phenomenal on the defensive side of the ball, they played bend, don't break defense. And if you do that against Kansas City, we've seen it so far this year. The Chiefs are only three and three. That's how you beat the Chiefs. Play bend, don't break. They're going to get chunk plays. Mahomes is Mahomes. But if you keep them out of the end zone, you stay alive. And Tennessee showed the ability to do that against the Bills last week. Jeffrey Simmons worth his weight in gold for that fourth down stop at the very end there. Their defense came up clutch. Landry had a great game as well. They're not as bad as everyone's making them out to see. And I was the first one crushing their defense when the Jets beat them, but they're not as bad as everyone's making them out to be.
1: I'm going to keep making them out to be bad. I think that they're going to (laughs) lose by a good amount. So we'll see. That's one that, you know, I'm not a fan of the pick, but if they prove me wrong, by all means, you can have your victory lap on me. So let me get into my fifth pick. You know, we talked about ginormous lines and how much we stayed away from them this year. Every time I've bought down or teased something down, the team with the ginormous spread happened to me, happened to me with the Rams. I bought down a bunch of points and they blew out the Giants. Yep, I'm not doing me I'm too. Not, do, not doing it this week. Arizona minus 17 and a half against a god awful Houston team. Um there's not much needs to really be said about this. Arizona's offense is really good and Houston's horrible yeah <laughs> that's, that's about it and they're at home so arizona yes. should win by a trillion i think that they're gonna um they're just really rolling right now man um and now by all, i don't think that you know eventually they're gonna run into a game that they they're not gonna go 17 and 0 but uh, to me arizona i mean no no they will <laughs> not <laughs> so uh arizona is phenomenal right now offensively especially um i assume that coastal carolina just scored uh by the yeah, by your reaction. you that's right
0: 27 21 baby <laughs>
1: There you go. So, yes, I will take Arizona minus 17 and a half against the god-awful Houston
0: Texans. All right, my sixth pick. I'm going, and this is probably the game I like the least, admittedly, but it just makes sense. I'm going with the Raiders at home, minus three, against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I don't have the stats to back this one up. I don't have the trends to back this one up. If you look at these two teams and the offensive talent that these two teams possess, to me, the Raiders are just head and shoulders above the Eagles. And look, they've been surrounded by controversy this season. They saw 3-0, and turned to 3-2, and got back on track last week. John Gruden's out of there, and I think that's the best thing to happen to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Eagles just, they don't have the firepower. To me, it's that simple. It's not, you know, I don't have any stats, or the Eagles have this trend against the spread on the road. You know, they just don't have the firepower. I know that they have a week and a half off, and the advantage should be theirs because of that. But the Raiders are just so superior on offense. Henry Ruggs, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller. I mean, Derek Carr is the second leading passer in the league this season, behind only Tom Brady in terms of passing yards. Uh, the Raiders are just far superior talent-wise. And the Eagles, going back to last year, just three and eight on the road against the spread. There's your stat to back it up. Give me the Raiders minus three.
1: You know, we called the game for Color casts, uh for the Eagles and Buccaneers, and. I don't care that the Eagles were within, you know, uh, a touchdown of technically winning. They played horrible. They were yeah. god awful. If not for two pass interference calls that set them up inside the one and inside the red zone, the game would have been much, much more in the favor of Tampa Bay in terms of closer to a blowout. Jalen Hurts played by, played really bad. You look at his numbers; they were not good. Um, so Eagles are just bad to me, man. Especially offensively, outside of Devontae Smith, they don't really. Have, I mean, Quiz Watkins is kind of emerging as their go-to like number two guy but Quez Watkins respectfully would probably be the third or fourth best receiver on any other roster in the NFL. So
0: he's a great big deep play. Sure. Deep ball, big play threat. That's about it.
1: Yeah. So John, to me, and John
0: I, Ross is bouncing around teams for a reason.
1: So. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, Vegas should win this. They should cover. I mean, they're much better offensively and, and defensively if we're, you know, just talking as a whole. So uh, the fact that it's at home as well, cross country trip for the Eagles, they're just, there's just not good enough to get the job done, mate. So I think that the fact that they kept it close definitely helped people who are betting on the Raiders uh because if you know if they don't get those PI calls and they lose by like 18, this line's probably like five and a half six in favor of in favor of Vegas. So uh Vegas minus three is one that I really like as well. It should happen. Philadelphia's not good. So let me get into my next pick. It's my babies of the year and they've really let me down the past three weeks. Uh Carolina minus three against the Giants. You know, man, the game we just talked about the Eagles. They let the game against Philadelphia slip away. They come back against Minnesota, take it to overtime and then Kirk Cousins wins it. Uh, the Panthers, they're just they're in these games, and then they just can't quite grasp it. Like they started off really hot at three and zero, and then they've just gotten into you know the game against Dallas. Uh, they lost by a, a possession. You know, Sam Donald had a bad third quarter in which Trevon Diggs picked him off twice, uh, but they kind of rallied back. They got it within a score, and then they should have beat Philadelphia. Arguably, should have beat Minnesota. So it, they're still a really solid team. They get Stefan Gilmore this week, if I'm not mistaken. He's going to make be making his Panthers yeah. debut. So um, I think that that's going to be a ginormous introduction into this defense. Sam Darn didn't play well last week, only went 17 of 41. Like, my goodness, Sam. Real bad. It was was not good. It was not good. By far his worst performance as a Panther. So I think that they bounce back. Um, You know know how high I am on the Giants D, but, you know, offensively, like as a whole, New York just hasn't clicked yet this year. And it's been kind of weird because they gave this offense a ton of firepower, but they've also dealt with injuries. So Kenny Galladay hasn't really been around. Kadarius Tony, I believe Kadarius Tony got hurt this past week too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, so try this. Going into the game, they were without Saquon, Kenny Galladay, and Darius Slayton. And then Tony gets hurt opening possession or second drive. And it was literally just Daniel Jones playing catch with Sterling Shepard. And Shepard had good numbers, but couldn't be effective because he was the only guy worth targeting. Yeah. Even so- C.J. Board, who then became the number two guy. He was like our fourth or fifth string receiver was our number two after Tony left the game. He then got hurt. The giants are signing, you know, third string wide outside of North Dakota state.
1: Yeah. So to me, I mean, this is a game that Carolina should win. If New York was completely healthy, I would go the other way. Um, But right now, I mean, the giants, they're another team that's just been really just not lucky when it comes to injuries. So Carolina, I think they finally kind of end this, you know, this losing streak that they've been on, get back on the right track and get to four and three uh, in New York against the giants.
0: I don't disagree. This game, for some reason, seems like a Giants win that they have no business winning. (laughs) I'm going to get into my extra point. We've got Cam Rogers, as promised. He's getting ready to join us. So my extra point, it's the Denver Broncos money line Thursday night football at Cleveland plus 110. Look, this may not be the highest upside pick in terms of value at plus 110. But here's why this is a good value. With the news that Baker Mayfield won't play tomorrow night, this line dropped from Cleveland minus three and a half to the Browns, minus two or minus two and a half, depending on the book you're looking at. As more money gets thrown on the Broncos to cover, like Jarrett's doing, taking them plus two and a half, that line's going to shift more and more and less in favor of taking the Broncos' money line. So if you want good value, think of it this way. Plus 110 isn't the best value. But soon, this is going to be a pick 'em at minus 110 for each. So grab the value while it's still there. And if you want even more value... If your book allows you, buy points. Do an alternate spread. I like Denver minus two and a half in this one. If that gets you plus 160, plus 170, do it up to minus two and a half. You know, the Browns are without Mayfield. They're without both running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Odell's probably not going to play. He's questionable. Jarvis Landry's not going to play. They're probably going to be without both starting offensive tackles. They're
1: playing the with Smith. a preseason roster, basically. And they got
0: no one. They got no one. And Teddy Bridgewater, do I need to remind you every week? 23 and 4 against the spread on the road in his career. He's going to win this one outright. Broncos, money line, plus 110.
1: Couldn't agree more with you. I'm going to get into my extra point. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts, as I touched on earlier, plus 172 at San Francisco. Again, regardless of who starts for San Francisco, I think that Indianapolis is better offensively. Um, defensively, I mean, like I said, San Francisco is still a solid defense, not as good as we've seen the past couple of years. So I think that the Colts better offensively, San Francisco, it seems still kind of without an identity. I think the, the Colts are going to go into Levi Stadium, get a win Sunday night football. Oh, hey, Cam Cam Rogers is joining us, everybody. So let me put him on the screen and then we can start getting into his bets. So Cam, my friend, it's good to see you. How are you? Welcome to Plays and Parlays. It's good to have you in.
2: What's going on, fellas? I feel like I'm on the all hair team right now. You guys have serious (laughs) locks going and I have like this super lame buzz cut. You know what? It's great to be with you. And Joe, great to catch up with you, my man.
0: Cam, it's great to see you. You know, I can't look at you and not smile. I'm just going to go ahead. I don't care how that sounds. You just
1: radiate happiness, Cam.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you really do. And then I hear the voice and it's just like, all right, let's have some fun. All right. Well, 10 o'clock action. Great to be with
1: you. (laughs) There we go. I got Coastal
0: Carolina on one screen and and, uh, Cam Rogers on the other. Cam, (laughs) let's get into your best bets, man.
1: Yeah, here. I'm going to throw these on the screen one at a time, Cam, so uh, break them down as best you can. Your first one, Northwestern plus 23 and a half against the Michigan Wolverines. Take us through it.
2: Yeah, I like this number a lot, guys. I mean, this is your classic high noon Big Ten battle, 12 o'clock window slugfest. (laughs) Four of the uh, last five games have been decided by one score between these two. The underdog is four and one, by the way, in that stretch. So, uh, look, I like Michigan a lot. I'm not firmly a believer in them yet. And Northwestern has sort of been playing its competition tough. So I think they keep that one close. And, look, Michigan's going to win this game outright, 100%. But I could see somewhere around a fourteen point, fifteen point score, something along those lines this week. So a classic Big Ten slugfest.
1: I'm half tempted to just go bet Northwestern money line just to look like a smart guy at this point. Hey, hey, you remember a couple of years ago Army went into Ann Arbor, gave them a run for their money. I believe that game went into overtime. Damn the triple option forever though. That thing is horrible to watch. But <laughs> right. I don't get I'm it. tempted Cam. So here, let me throw your second bet on the screen. You got the Notre Dame fighting Irish minus six and a half against USC.
2: Yeah, this is pretty disrespectful for the fighting Irish and the community out there in South Bend. I mean, I don't understand this line at all, quite frankly. And so look, the Trojans are a mess and the founder of the Believe Podcast Network, Ron Houston, Stamm Joe, you know him well, uh, proudly from USC. He even, too, thinks this team is pretty disgusting, and they're headed in the wrong direction as we stand. They've been beaten by multiple scores this year, guys, by the likes of Utah, Oregon State, Stanford. Over the past six weeks, they were favored in all of those games, might I add. The Irish have covered in three of the last four games. Hammer this one, please. Do yourselves a favor, people out there. (laughs) Go with the Fighting Irish in this one, minus six and a half. I am pretty confident in this battle. Crowd noise? What crowd noise? I'm not worried about it in L.A. Give me the Fighting Irish. Yeah, Notre Dame's
0: offense started the season really slow. And uh, I think that's the reason this line's only one score. But they've picked up steam the past few weeks. And, you know, our our buddy Brandon Lang always says Mm. when you're betting a high-stakes game, take the emotion out of it, right? Forget that this is a rivalry, decades old, all of that and just bet on the two teams going into battle. Notre Dame, clearly the superior team. Cam, I'm going to go with Michigan, minus the 23 and a half, just so I pick up a game on you in our Believe Weekly Pick'em Pool. But on this one, I agree with you 100%. All
1: right, let's get into Cam's third bet. First NFL pick from Cam. It is the Detroit Lions, plus 15 against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Cam, Joe and I just touched on this, because I'm taking the Cardinals minus 17 and a half against the Texans. It seems like, yes, there's been a a big number – of large spreads this year, more, yeah. you know, more than, than, than we're used to seeing, but it seems that the teams are kind of coming through in those, um, uh, back up, uh, your, your pick of the Detroit lions were coming off an absolute beat down, uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals at home against Los Angeles Rams.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about this, Jared, a few minutes ago, about how people can react or overreact, shall we say, to big time victories, a la the Titans over the Bills. Perhaps there is an overreaction in this line here with the Lions last week. And here's the deal too. It's like, just on the surface, a 15 plus sort of line in the NFL is kind of jarring to look at. And so for this game here, I am putting some emotion into it, Joe. Okay. I can see Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and this offense getting gimmicky, right? It's not just going to be Jared Goff airing it out 50 times and out shooting or getting close to Matt Stafford and Sean McVay in that offense, right? It's going to be about essentially pulling out all the stops in this one. And I can see the team playing very hard for Jared Goff and making this pretty darn close. Look, this defense for Detroit is not very good. I could see Daryl Henderson having a fantastic game and that offensive line winning on the line of scrimmage for the Rams. But on the other side of things, it's like the Lions played my Ravens very tough guys. I mean, we should have lost that game. I mean, it's really remarkable what Justin Tucker was able to do. The Lions played the Vikings extremely tough. And so sometimes you just can't really explain games in the NFL. You can't win them all. You can't keep them all blowouts, right? So I could see the Lions being competitive in this one. I'll take the points there.
1: Yeah, you just touched on it, Kim. The Lions should arguably have two wins right now. They also had a very good, strong first half against the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. So this is one that I did bet, not going to lie to you. Um, uh, So, yes, I did also take Detroit uh, to cover. So uh, wouldn't it just be the most ultimate middle finger from Jared Goff if he could just go in and just pull out a win against the Rams? I don't think it's going to happen. But it would be something to see. Let me get into Cam's fourth bet. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders minus three against Philadelphia Eagles, one that Joe already touched on. Uh, Cam, you can just kind of reiterate. uh, Vegas Raiders minus three, Philadelphia Eagles.
2: Yeah, Joe, I don't know if you were all that confident in this pick. I'm really not either. Yeah, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's on the lower end of my spread here of picks, but listen, I was not very inspired by the Eagles in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially in that first half, guys. I Mm -hmm. mean, What is the identity of the Eagles offense? Their offensive line is porous. They're not using Miles Sanders. Nobody scares you on the outside. No more Zach Gertz. It's going to have to be the guy on the offensive side there to make some plays. I just don't see Philadelphia hanging around here with the Raiders. And the other side of things here too, guys, is whenever there is a coach who is fired or is forced to resign, one of those situations, (laughs) the team (laughs) usually responds in one of two ways. They play super hard to prove that the coach is not the reason for the team's mistakes and or the whole white noise going on around a particular coach is not going to affect that team. The other side of things is the Raiders or a team in this sort of situation would play down to their competition, not perform well, be distracted. We learned that the Raiders are the former rather than the latter. They're playing hard. They're pretending that this is not a distraction and they're doing a good job of it. Let's face it, there's got to be some sort of distraction here. But the Raiders are playing inspired football. And I think what Henry Ruggs is doing so far this year is really remarkable in terms of what he can make down the field in terms of plays. I really am inspired by his play. And look, I think the offensive line for the Raiders is pretty darn good. It's underrated, in my opinion. I think they're going to have success in this game. Is it going to be a blowout? No, I could see it being a 10-point, 8-point margin, something along those lines. But minus three for the Raiders, I'm happy with that.
0: Yeah, and don't forget in this one, you know, going into the season, I think we all really wrote off the Raiders. We expected the Chargers to emerge. Everyone, of course, loved the Chiefs. And some people were even high on the Broncos. Admittedly, I wasn't, despite their 3-0 and start. I think, you know, we've all seen them come back down to earth. But everyone wrote off the Raiders, and they're 4-2. They've got a very realistic chance to go 5-2. and The Chargers, after dropping that game against Baltimore, 4-2 and going into a bye week. I mean, hey, the Raiders could, after this week, be in first place. And Kansas City, that is a very losable game against the Titans. Yeah. The Raiders could be two games up on the Chiefs. So they've still got a lot to play for. It's not like after that whole Gruden disaster, their season's over. It's far from it.
2: Max Crosby, by the way, my gracious, having a great year. And he should be licking his chops in this game, let me tell you. Yeah. You know,
1: you know, I'm trying not to have a bias in this. Now, I'm not a Raider nor a Philadelphia Eagle fan, but... On uh, my other show, laces out. You know, we did our preseason predictions. I had the Raiders yeah. winning four games on the year, guys. I was one of those ones who was low on the Raiders, and you know, kudos to Raiders Twitter. When they see somebody they don't like, they band together and they <laughs> they attack, and they've done that to me all season long after every win. So if people, don't, ha-
2: forget, people don't forget, Jared,
1: they don't, especially not a fan base that's been as miserable as the as the Vegas Raiders have been for the past who knows how long. So um, after every win, they've been in my DMs. Don't you forget. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yes, I do love the Raiders this week as well. Minus three. You know, we already touched on it, Joe. It's just the Eagles. I mean, Cam well. they don't really have an identity. And then they just shipped out, arguably, their best offensive player to Arizona. So uh, Vegas minus three, a very uh, a solid pick as well. Cam, let me get into your fifth best bet of the week. The New Orleans Saints minus four and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. The Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks uh, in Seattle.
2: Yeah, there are a few concerns here with the Seahawks, guys. Defensively, There is nothing there. They're Swiss cheese. I could see the Saints having success here with Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, more so probably in pass-catching ability than running it obviously right in between the A-gap or the B-gaps here. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, at least on the Saints side of things. The Alex Collins injury for Seattle concerns me. I think that playing an overtime game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Sunday night football action Is probably going to be a factor here for Seattle as far as fatigue is concerned. And then, you know, it's impressive that they kept it close. The Seahawks did against the Steelers last week. But, look, the Saints are coming off a bye, minus four and a half. That's an easy cover. All I'm asking is a seven-point victory, which is totally within reason when we're talking about Geno Smith, who is going to have to throw the football guys 27, 30 times in this game because they will have no rushing attack against the saints front seven. They control that line of scrimmage. So are you really trusting Geno Smith to be turnover free and be able to keep this one close within five points, four and a half points. I mean, I'm out on that.
1: Now I will say this, Alex Collins did have a big third quarter against Pittsburgh. Uh, did he eclipse a hundred yards last week? I want to say that he might've. Um, so, so that is uh, saying, you know, obviously Chris Carson won't be there, but Alex Collins did have somewhat of a game that said, they also have, and I quote, "the best in the nation" on defense, Cam Rogers and, and Jamal Adams. So, uh, no, no, I do, I do agree. New Orleans should very well cover this. The Seattle defense is absolutely brutal, and yes, I do. I also agree. Geno Smith will not be uh, turnover-free and leading them to this gaudy victory. Joe, any insight? Any any insight that you want to add on this?
0: Not on this game because I think it's going to be a snooze fest. And Cam, I agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> But I just have something else to bring up because, Cam, I want my attention to be fully on your final pick. I love this pick. I can't wait for mm. it. But I just got an alert to my phone, and I'm sure you two gentlemen did as well. The Boston Celtics just forced overtime with the Knicks by scoring 10 points in the final 27 seconds. As someone who took the Knicks minus two tonight, I want to know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> Ooh.
1: 10 Reggie, points of Reggie Miller. Seconds.
0: 10 points in 27 seconds? Are you kidding me? You hate that's what. That's it. one of these, Joe. Where, where's the of Tom these, Thibodeau Joe? defense? <laughs> Surrender Cobra from Joe. Oh, the Tom <laughs> Thibodeau defense. Where is it? Anyway, Cam, I love your next pick, so the floor is yours, my friend.
2: Ugh. Tennessee
1: Titans money line, Cam, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus 205. It's good value. Um, it's one that I will get into after you present your case, but uh by all means, the floor is
2: yours. You know, I like this number a lot. Listen, here's the deal. I'm a big boy football fan, guys. Can you control the line (laughs) of scrimmage? Can you move players off the ball with your offensive line? The Tennessee Titans can do that, and they can especially do that against the Kansas City Chiefs, who – are more of a speed type of defense more so than a get after you on the line of scrimmage type of defense. Right. And Derrick Henry, I mean, what can you say about this guy? He truly is matchup proof. Doesn't matter if he's playing the chiefs or playing a stout defense, like the Buffalo bills, he's going to get his, and he will in this game. And so I'm all over the Tennessee Titans. I'm seeing some signs of good play again from AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And I think those guys are starting to find their own in this offense here. Look, I think Tennessee is still a legit threat in the AFC. I think they're starting to find something. Look, is that defense good? No, but they can make some plays like you mentioned, Joe. And they can especially do it against this Chiefs offense that, for some reason, is a turnover machine. They're minus eight guys in the turnover differential. There's only one team who's worse, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they just got their first win in 21 games recently. So. For some reason, the Chiefs are coughing up the football. Patrick Mahomes is not as Patrick mahomes e as in years past. So I think those turnovers are going to be a factor. I think Tennessee is going to control the clock. They will win the time of possession, keep Mahomes on the sidelines, and that's all you need. A few more touchdowns from Ryan Tannehill, maybe some gimmicky plays from Rabel. I could see the Titans pulling this one out.
1: You know, I will say this about the Chiefs turnover problem. And I'm going to quote my my good friend, Matt Vertoram from Fansided, who's a Chiefs guy um, and and their insider for Fansided. You know, he, I think he said it right when he said, you know, yes, Patrick Mahomes isn't looking like the Patrick Mahomes that, you know, we've come to see over the past few years. And he's making, you know, a few more mistakes and whatnot But a lot of that could have to do with the fact that he knows the defense is horrible and he feels like he's got to make the big play every time he touches the football. You know, maybe he's thinking, okay, if we don't score here, we're going to lose. So I think that a lot of, you know, the horrible defensive play is kind of taking uh, effect on offense because they kind of feel like they're playing with a fire under their butts and playing with a lot of pressure. So. Uh, I think that a lot of that could have to do with Kansas City's turnover struggles on offense as well. And they also can't run the ball to save their lives, which is not great. So it is one, like, look, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout by any means because Kansas City hasn't really shown outside of the Philadelphia game that they're capable of doing that right now with that defense. But I do think that Kansas City does win. But that said, I mean, right, the, the value here is very good. So I can't blame you for, for making it. Cam, are you going to stick here uh, throughout our teasers and parlays with us?
2: Uh, I would, but I don't even have them written down.
1: No, that's okay. That is okay. If you don't want to, that is fine. If you would like to give your own commentary on the ones we pick, we would be more than more than happy to have you stick around if you would like.
2: Uh, oh, totally. I thought you were expecting some picks from me. I can
1: totally no, uh,
2: no. cruise along here a little bit with you guys. Would look at, look at Cam getting suckered in, Garrett, putting him on the spot on live, <laughs> Well, I wasn't live sure. I didn't want to like... Say no, I have no picks, and
0: then uh, like we'll a loser. <laughs> He's too air, nice to true.
1: say no. He's too nice to he, say he no. He
0: really is the nicest guy. If, if nothing else, you know, even if his picks go oh six this week, <laughs> the nicest man in the industry, Cam Rogers. All right. Especially so,
2: self-deprecating to make sure that people know that you know I'm
0: usually <laughs> wrong anyway. So. Yeah, but there I'm you go. By the mind. way, if you're a golf fan, you know Jarrett and I don't really provide a lot of insight into betting on golf, but Cam's golf picks are top notch.
1: Cam does golf? Wait, I didn't know you did golf bets as well, Cam.
0: That's his specialty.
2: Oh, that's my number one gig, man. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Damn. The PGA Tour is actually playing right now in Japan, some late night golf. You got to love it.
1: That is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. So, (laughs) kudos to you, my friend. Joe, I'm going to put your teaser on the screen, and then we can uh, get through it. So, break break down your teaser of the week, plus 300 odds.
0: Yeah, let's do it. It's uh, two games that I bet straight up. The Pats minus seven and Green Bay, of course, was minus eight. I bought the full point down to minus seven at minus 140 odds. If I like them at minus seven, uh, both respectively, I love them at minus one and minus two. The Arizona Cardinals, minus 17 and a half. I just don't know if I have it in me to touch a number that big. But (laughs) minus 11 and a half, it seems like a lock, right? I feel like the Cardinals are definitely going to win by at least 13, 14 points against a Houston team. Look, I know they beat Jacksonville head to head. It's the worst team in football, and then the Indianapolis Colts plus ten. You took them plus four and money line, Jarrett. I don't. I don't really see that game unfolding like that. I think San Fran's going to win. I think it's going to be close, a three to six point game. But I think at plus ten, you're pretty safe here. Carson Wentz is playing better. No one hates him more than me, but I'll give him that. He's playing better. He's still not as good as Jimmy G, and Jimmy G is not one of the top twelve quarterbacks in the league. So it's going to be a close game, going to be a fun game. I think plus 10 is pretty safe for the Colts, and that's my four-team teaser at plus 300 odds.
1: Cam Rogers, your thoughts on Joe's teaser?
2: Across the board, love it all. New England minus one, come on. I mean, the Jets (laughs) haven't won against New England since 2015, something like that. Since the Civil War. Yeah, exactly. Green Bay all over it. I think Arizona will have a fantastic week. You know, this Indianapolis one is interesting because I think there's some low-key money line value with them winning outright. I don't know who's playing quarterback for the 49ers. Do we know Joe is
0: Jimmy G is probable at the moment.
2: He's probable. Okay. All right. So maybe there's less value there. I thought it was going to be Trey Lance because Ah. I've been inspired by that. uh, (laughs) Cole defense and uh, yeah, Trey Lance, not so much, but yeah, I know. I like this. I like this guys. And uh, I don't see any issues at all. Usually there's something to poke and pry from with a teaser like this, but no issues.
1: All right, so let me get into my teaser. Now I'm just hoping that I impress Cam. All right, so I've got the Denver Ooh, Broncos big. plus 9.5 and the Cincinnati Bengals plus 12.5, both teams whose spread I bet straight. Get them in a teaser here. Love that. LA Rams minus 9.5. Um, yes, uh, I, I agree with Cam with the fact that Um, a 15 point spread against Detroit is a little bit of an overreaction to the way that they played against Cincinnati, but I do like them at nine and a half. I feel like their offense is good enough to carry them to around a 10 point victory, Philadelphia plus nine. Now I do think that Vegas is going to win and cover the original spread, but in a teaser, I think the Eagles can keep it within, you know, it won't be a blowout. So Philadelphia plus nine feels good. And if I bet the Colts money line, I'm going to love them plus nine and a half. So plus three thirty-three overall. Uh, with a five-team teaser. So, Cam, your thoughts.
2: Boy, this game tomorrow night, guys. It's like you almost <laughs> don't even want to bet on it in any yeah. way, shape, or form. It could be Locke versus Keenum tomorrow. I yeah. mean, uh, But, yeah, no, Denver will keep it close. I think the Browns will end up winning that football game, but plus 9.5, 100%. Cincinnati could actually beat my Ravens. I'm a little scared about Jamar Chase and joe burrow and what that offense can do they are electric on the outside so plus 12 and a half 100 on board with that the one pause would be the rams and i'm gonna be in the minority by saying this but i really do think the lions can hang around with this team it's gonna be one of those bizarre nfl weeks especially with this game where maybe the differential is five points again with this Lions team playing really hard for Jared Goff and Dan Campbell throwing some gimmicks out there, some trick plays, things that the Rams have never seen before on tape. It could be a five-point differential, but that's really my only pause here because, yeah, I think plus nine for Philadelphia 100% makes sense, and plus nine and a half totally with Indianapolis. I think that's going to be a close game on Sunday night.
0: You know, we we both missed the mark in terms of teasers. Uh, By the way, I just had a teaser cash in uh bulls minus one 76ers plus one laid 55 to win 50 on mm. that and uh i don't think the bulls if i hadn't teased that would they have covered they won by six so it was originally minus five so that would have been a sweat out a little more comfort there going minus <laughs> one um as that teaser cashes in Bengals ravens Jarrett, we both missed the mark it, it's not minus six and a half plus six and a half pick them plus twelve and a half it's teased the over down to over 41. I think that's oh, where the best play is yeah. in this one. If you want to talk from a teaser perspective, I actually like the over 47 straight.
1: Very good point from you there, my friend. Yeah, I mean, there's, these are two offenses that are going to put up points, especially like yeah. Baltimore's defense played phenomenal last week against the Chargers, but even that, I mean, they're still desecrated on that side of the ball. They've had some guys step up, no doubt, but I think that the Bengals are a team that they've been electric this year. I think that they're going to be able to – it's going to be a shootout. I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, it'll be a fun game, regardless, Joe. I'm gonna put your parlay on the screen. You can take everybody through it.
0: Yeah, no spreads. Going five teams, money line. NC State, one of the two college games I'm taking straight. You know, mm. just like I said with New England and the Packers, if I like a team at minus seven, of course I'm gonna like them minus one. In this case, I took a minus three, so I'll take them in a pick them as Austin Eckler, just like one of my tweets. That's a pretty cool notification I just got. So I've got NC State money line. I've got Green Bay, New England money line. I've already analyzed those games enough. Denver, this boosts the value a bit. Um, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater, 24-3, and three, or 23-4, and four, excuse me, against the number on the road. That number is so small that I think it's very realistic. Teddy wins this one in Cleveland. And then the Raiders, uh, probably the game I'm least confident about of these five, but just the superior team. And I just want an Austin Eckler signed jersey. That's why he liked my tweet. Um, so that, that, that's pretty awesome that's news cool. in the middle of the show. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be appearing behind me next week. Amazing. Thank you, Austin. And uh, yeah, there's my parlay. Raiders, Broncos, they round it out. And uh, five teams money line plus 785.
1: Austin Eckler is the first NFL player I interviewed. Fun fact. Nice guy. So congratulations! Yeah, right. That's amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> aside from the Austin Eckler news, Cam, thoughts on Joe's parlay?
2: I fully endorse Austin Eckler. Great guy. And yeah. he loves his media appearances. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so Denver moneyline worried about this Denver defense because I think it's more brand name at this point than actual play on the football field losing two of its starting linebackers and look I know the Browns are going to be without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt but when you have an offensive line like that carving out holes I mean look at the Ravens they have Devontae Freeman running wild these days so (laughs) you know I think they're still going to have success on the ground and so I don't know if Denver is going to win that game tomorrow night But you can talk me out of it because this is one of those games where I'm like betting nothing on it, quite frankly,
0: because I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, Uh, you know, the reason I needed Denver in this one is to boost the value, right? Green Bay, New England, sizable favorites. Um, NC State, Vegas, and Denver all ranged between plus 110 and minus 160. And so those were really to boost the value in this one. But I'm just going with, you know, the history. Teddy Bridgewater, 23 and four against the spread on the road. And when the spread's only two and a half. You know, a win is not out of reach. I don't trust Case Keenum. He's won seven of his last 24 starts in the NFL since that one magical season he had. And the Browns just being without both offensive tackles, without Jarvis Landry, their top two running backs, Malcolm Smith on the defensive side of the ball. The Browns are battered. I just don't see mm-hmm. uh, I don't see them out playing Denver. I know Denver got embarrassed by the Raiders, but they're better than that. And, you know, Teddy is probably one of the most prideful players in the National Football League coming off a bad game like last week. Not necessarily for him, but for his entire team, he's gonna come out chippy.
1: All right. So Joe, you know, I was I was pretty conservative with my parlay last week. I think it was like a four-teamer with like plus five hundred. It wasn't anything crazy. Um it's it couldn't be more yin to the yang this week. Um I've got oh, three, I love it. I've got three dogs winning outright in mind. So uh, let me put it up here. Whoa. I've got, and
2: whoa, I'm not,
1: whoa. and look, this <laughs> wow. this is this isn't just something I put together. I mean, I actually bet this. I will show you the bet slip. It's a seven leg parlay. Uh, so I've got Denver winning outright. Uh, we already touched on that a lot. Don't really need to reiterate any of that. The Chiefs winning outright. I do think that Kansas City does win that game. You know, Tennessee. Yes, they had a big win in prime time against the Bills. I do think that Kansas City wins. Green Bay money line. Yeah, the the Packers should win this game. You know, Washington mm-hmm. has been one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL this year. Rodgers and the offense are playing very effectively. Defensively, they're getting better. Uh, so Green Bay should win that game against the Washington football team. I do like Cincinnati plus six. I did say it's one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, I do think that their offense is going to be able to kind of hang around. Defensively, they're better um, than they were last year. Trey Hendrickson's having a heck of a year. Uh, Their secondary got better as well. So um, now Miami money line. that is my biggest qualm about this. It's one that I was pretty nervous about. But uh, as I touched on earlier, yes, Atlanta was able to get a win against the Jets. But the Jets, you know, they kept it, started coming back a little bit in the end. Miami, yes, they are not good. They're another disappointing team in the year. Um, But their defense is better than the Jets. I do think that's what's going to kind of keep them in this. Uh, by no means has their offense been, you know, anything, you know, they haven't been explosive on that side of the ball. So I do think that the Dolphins win. And then I did buy down a good amount uh, for uh, the Cardinals. Uh, you know, the line is 17 and a half. I just bought it down to seven and a half. It still had relatively decent value for a parlay. Just, to, you know, I don't want to bet at money lines that would have added absolutely no value to this. So buy a touch, buy a, a little bit over a touchdown. And then the Colts money line, I think that they'd go into San Francisco and win. All in all, it's a seven leg parlay plus 56, 23 gents. 15.
0: Would you put ten bucks on this to win? Uh, five sixty. Correct. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not?
2: Why not? Ten bucks.
1: Exactly. I'm I mean, I'm not gonna miss that ten bucks in five years, much less five minutes. And if it hits, then I look like a genius.
2: It's cushion bills. You know what I mean?
1: Very much so. All right, Joe. Um, let me pull up your survivor. Um, Something you tells
0: me we're gonna have the same survivor pick this week. Is is that a fair assumption, Jared?
1: Um, probably. Um, did I put that in? I'm horrible at graphics this week, Joe. I'm so sorry, my friend. It's I'm fine. We don't have, have a graphic.
0: We don't need one, though. It's the Arizona Cardinals against the Houston Texans Correct. in Arizona. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't – Kim, any disagreement there?
2: Look, Davis Fells is horrible. I mean, he's a rookie. I get it. Give him time. But, man, he looked awful last week against the Indianapolis Colts. How about this Cardinals team? I mean, what they're putting together right now is truly remarkable. Last week was like lock of the week, rounds minus three. Remember, guys, like with the whole Kingsbury situation and COVID and, like, all this buzz about the Cardinals laying down in Cleveland and they ended up winning. Handedly, so like I don't see them laying down arms against the Houston Texans, and even if they did a little bit, fine, it'll be a ten-point victory. So the Cardinals, easy. Yeah,
0: Jared, did you take Cleveland on the show last week? I did. And I and took, took Cle-
1: I took Cleveland minus two and a half. I was so confident yeah. that they were going. to Dude, win that one game. of my
2: buddies called it lock of the year. That is what I said, said
1: the exact same thing, man. Like it just felt like a game that Arizona, like they were coming off a stretch in which, yes, they beat the Rams. They played like a few good teams and played well. It just felt like this was the time for them to just kind of come back down to earth, and they did the complete opposite of that. So. I
0: mean, I, I put a buck on the Cardinals plus one fifty five. To me, I <laughs> the money line, I was iffy, but I, I still thought the Cardinals were going to win, and then teased the shit out of that plus nine. <laughs> yeah, was, it,
1: that's why? again, that's the one that got away from me last week. Like I was extremely, extremely confident in that. Luckily, I didn't put it in, in any sort of parlay or anything because that would have absolutely devastated me. Um, and my parlays were very good last week, so that that was my saving grace that I didn't touch it other than just against the spread. But yeah, that was an extremely shocking game to me. Kudos, yeah, you touched on it, Cam. Kudos to the Cardinals. I mean, you know, everything. You know, not having Kingsbury there and still being able to run up a score like they did against Cleveland, uh, good for them. But uh, Joe, mate, that is all of our bets. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter?
0: Find me on Twitter at the Joe Sorallo, On Instagram at Joe Soralo. Cam, uh, where can everyone find you on Twitter, on Instagram, on MySpace?
1: On kick?
2: Yeah, get me on AIM, money, a a a one one Shout out to that screen name. Yeah, get at me on Twitter, at MrRogers99, <laughs> no relation to the man in the sweater vest, at Rogers 98 on Instagram. And if you guys are into golf, check me out on that feed as well for my golf picks. And of course, I have rebranded my show to lock it in with Cam Rogers. We're doing some football betting. We're going to have industry experts like yourselves, both of you on the show. So excited to get that Ramped up here as football season rolls along.
1: All right, you can find me on Twitter at JBaileyNFL. Uh, multiple p- uh pieces this week for side of Pittsburgh Sports Now. Um, if you're into pro wrestling, I do a lot about that. Horror movies got a horror movie podcast now. We're going to be recapping Halloween Kills next week. I'm so excited to talk about that. Oh, movie. dude,
2: I need to know. I need to know.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's Kim, oh, if you haven't seen it yet. Either go to the theaters and see it, or buy a five dollar Peacock subscription and watch it. Man, you will not be disappointed. Especially if you're, okay. if especially if you're a fan of just horror movies, or if you're a fan of the Halloween franchise, it does not disappoint. So that is my my one piece of advice to you this week. So, hey, Cam, we appreciate you coming on, mate. It's been an absolute blast. I'm sure we'll have you on again uh, frequently, especially before the season's done. So we appreciate you coming on, and uh, everybody who's watched, listening as a podcast, whoever you're listening, we appreciate you making us part of your day. We'll see you next week for week eight plays and parlays. We will see you then.